tribe of Judah became the Lamb of God on your behalf so that you can become a child of God. This is the good news. This is the one who's worthy of your worship. It is an honor to be in this house. I, I want to say thank you for your hearts for the Lord. Thank you for your hearts for your pastor. You know, I, I get to travel a lot, and um, I want to tell you there's something special about you guys. And um, I get to receive. You know, the worship, just, I can feel your guys' heart, the, the heart of the Lord. And uh, I honor you. I honor the presence of God here. I honor Apostle Tom. I honor you and your wife. You've done such a wonderful job stewarding the presence of God here. And, um, you know, I have the honor to be able to receive from people as well. I don't just come to give, but I come to receive. And uh, th this, is a, this is a man of God where I'm receiving as well. It's iron sharpening iron. Amen. And that's what we need in the body of Christ is iron sharpening iron. And uh, I want to I start off by praying. Father, we just thank you so much for what you're doing. And uh, I love what you do. I love how you work. And I love how you um, change hearts and you change lives. And um, I thank you for your presence. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. I just want to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. I just had this impression that there is um, maybe some people here that um, you came in here tonight and you were um, you're asking the Lord to to touch your life and. Um, and for him to help you in areas. And I, I had a picture, and I submit it to you. Um, but I had a sense that there were some people here that have some stuff in your pockets, and, um, and you want to get rid of it. And, um, and you've been struggling. And the, the Spirit of the Lord wants to help you tonight. And before I share the word that I... I have tonight, I, I want to give this opportunity. If there's things in your pocket and that you want to get rid of and uh, you, don't, you, don't want to, you don't want to deal with it anymore, 
um, just bring it up to the front right now. The Spirit of the Lord is here to help people, and um, I submit that to you. If there's, a, You don't have to be ashamed. Uh, this is a family, and um, God's going to touch people's lives. And if that's you, just quickly just take it and come up here and say, I don't want this anymore, and uh, I submit it to the Lord. I just had a feeling in my heart um, you know, that, that I need to do that. And so you know, oftentimes I'll feel this impression, and I, I don't want to I don't want to rush the moment. I want to give an opportunity. If that's you, um, just to have, if, if the Spirit is speaking to you right now to do it and your heart is pounding, go ahead and do it right now. It's in your pocket. You want to get rid of it. in your pocket. You want to get rid of it. Before I go on, I'll give you one more opportunity. It's in your pocket. And you want to get rid of it. If that's you, quickly come forward. Is there anyone else you want to get rid of it? God bless you, brother. Okay, it was... Okay. Okay. Well, you don't have to pretend. There's someone else here that there's something in your pocket and you want to get rid of it. And we, we bless your honesty and your transparency. We just bless this man that you don't have to do with this. Lord, I, I thank you for setting him free, Lord. Touch this man. Lord, I pray that tonight, Lord, that you would touch his life, Lord. And that door would be shut. And just say, Jesus, I don't want it anymore. Set me free. Lord, I thank you, God. Thank you, God, for what you're doing here. In Jesus' holy name. In Jesus' holy name. There's someone here, and this was the last time I'll, I'll, I'll say it, but uh, I'm not trying to manipulate anything, but there's someone here. I feel in my heart there's something in your pocket, and you want to get rid of it. And uh, if that's you, just quickly just quickly respond right now. It's, uh, it's in your pocket, and you want to get rid of it. Father, I thank you for what you're doing. Lord, touch him, Lord. Touch him, Lord. Touch him, Lord. Lord, Lord, I bless this man. I bless this man. Lord, I pray a blessing. Whatever you need to do, you just do it unto the Lord. I just bless this man. I 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 bless him. I bless him. I bless him. I bless him, Lord. I thank you. I bless him, Lord. I bless him. I bless him in Jesus' name. I bless him. 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 Him, I bless 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 him. One last thing that I need to share, and you're gonna have to talk to Apostle Tom about this because I don't want you to I don't want you to come to me or anything like that. But the Spirit of the Lord speaks to my heart that there were some people here that lied about your your tax income taxes and you weren't honest about it. 
But the Spirit of the Lord says, if you will be honest and you'll, you'll be honest about it and you'll confess it, that God will do a miracle in your household. And he will do a miracle in your household if you will be honest about it. If you'll be honest about it, that there was some people that lied on their income taxes. And uh, if you will be honest about it, the Lord will do a miracle in your household. And I bless you in the mighty name of Jesus with courage. I bless you in Jesus' name with courage to do what the Spirit of the Lord is speaking you to do in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Well, I had to do that because I, I feel that the Lord is, uh, you know, sometimes, uh, God, God bless this man. I, I, is this your home church? Is this where you go? Uh, okay, well, Lord, I thank you. Okay, all right. Father, I thank you, God, for this man. Lord, I pray a blessing over him. If some of the ministry team could just minister to this man and just, uh, the Lord's going to, this, this man, he's not going to stay where he's at. The, the Spirit of God is delivering him and setting him free in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Lord, in the name of Jesus, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we bless you. We bless you in Jesus' name. With your mind in Jesus' name, God's going to bring wholeness in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We bless you in Jesus' holy name. I really want to, um, before, there's, a, there's some things that the Lord has placed on my heart to be able to, to share with you tonight. Um, but before, before I even share... Um, I really do feel um, that the Lord is going to touch people's lives tonight in a powerful way, and I'm honored to be here with you. And I'm going to show a video in just a moment, but before I show that video, I believe that the Lord wants to give a blueprints through dreams and visions. You know, wherever I go... Uh, people ask me the question, how do you know where you're supposed to go to invest in a city? How do you start? And, you know, since I've been here, there are some people that ask me, where do I, where do I go? Where do I start? And I, I want to share that the Lord has a plan. The Lord has a plan for your region, and he has a, a way to start. And I believe that God is still speaking through dreams and visions. And um, I had a dream. Um, it was probably about a year ago of a certain area that we're at in Vancouver, Washington. And in that dream, I knew that we were supposed to invest in that area, to go to that area and preach the gospel. We got our mini gospel truck that we'll show you in a moment. And I knew in my heart that we were supposed to go to this region and um, the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me through a dream, and um, I went to this apartment complex in the natural, and I, and I met with the apartment manager, and I said, the Lord has put this area on my heart, and I have a heart for children. I have a heart to be able to invest in children's lives. I said, would you um, give us the opportunity to be able to start a kids club in this area to invest in children? And she said, absolutely. Let me show you around this place. And she began to take me around the whole facility, and she began to say, yes, we need this. We need this. We need this. 
But when we got our mini gospel truck, we did a, a block party in this apartment complex and kids begin to get saved. And we said, okay, well, we got to start a kids club now. And we started a kids club in this area. And I want to just say this right now. Children's ministry is not second it's not second grade less than ministry. Jesus loves children, and I believe that God wants to release apostolic ministry to children. I believe in America that we're going to begin to see children's ministries on the street. God's going to give ideas for children's ministry to be able to reach the children. Here's the reason why. The gangs have a plan for the children. I want to tell you, the gangs have a plan for the children. Different people have a plan for the children. How much more? God has a plan for the children. Amen. 85% of the children that we're investing in right now in one of the communities have no fathers. I believe that God is raising up fathers in this place. I believe that God is raising up fathers across America that will say, I'm not going to be too busy to, th to forget about kids. I want to invest into the future generation. So we got this mini gospel truck. I want to show it to you. And, um, and we have a vision to be able to have um, 50 gospel trucks within the next 10 years. That's 50 mini gospel trucks within the next 10 years and the the resource of the the gospel trucks is to help other evangelists preach the gospels across cities in america go ahead and show that video i'm sorry let's do the mini gospel truck recap Nope. Let's let's do a the the mini gospel truck recap. God wants to touch down in a powerful way. That one won't work. Thank you so much. Hey, we are at Live Change Church in Gresham, Oregon. Today is going to be absolutely amazing. God is going to touch down in many different ways. We have these boxes that we're distributing, so people are going to get to come, to have fun, to get to eat, to get free food, and ultimately they're going to get to feel the love and know Jesus. As we feed the stomach, the Holy Spirit feeds the soul, and we are believing for a harvest of people, not only for today, but eternal, disciples that make disciples. I think it's a great thing. I appreciate your heart, the Harvest Ministry, too. Build the impact communities right where it counts. There were a lot of children who raised their hands and made the decision to follow Jesus. And it seemed like their parents were also really impacted by the decision that their kids made. And it was a great time. We can't do what we're doing apart from partners just like you that said thank you for having a vision to reach communities. You know, when I begin to share the vision of getting a small mini gospel truck it was you that said, we believe in it. You were like, yeah, we gotta get behind a vision like this. And I wanna say thank you for believing in the vision. Thank you once again for saying yes. 
What I want to do right now is I want to pray for every equipping evangelist. If God has called you to be an equipping evangelist to equip the body of Christ for the work of ministry, I want you to stand to your feet right now. I want to pray over you because I believe that God wants to use equipping evangelists, but I also believe that God wants to use creative ideas like mini gospel trucks to go all around America. And I believe that some of you are called to have a mini gospel truck. And I want to pray a prayer over you. If you have faith in your heart to be able to receive a mini gospel truck, to be able to preach the gospel throughout regions in this area. I want you to stand to your feet right now. I want to pray a blessing over you. If you feel like you're equipping evangelists, stand to your feet. An equipping evangelist. You have a heart to equip the body of Christ, and you also have a heart to reach the lost. I want to pray for you right now. Father, I pray right now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, God, that you would release grace upon them, God. God, I pray a grace upon each and every one that is standing up right now in the name of Jesus Christ, God, that you would bless them to be an equipping evangelist, Lord, to churches, but also to do the work of evangelists. God, I pray for creative ideas, God, how to reach communities, God. Lord, I pray, God, for faith, God. to be ignited, Lord. Faith to be ignited, to be able to reach their area. And Lord Jesus, I thank you, God, for equipping, 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 and mobilization. Creative ideas, God. Creative ideas, God. Creative ideas that would challenge people. Creative ideas that would equip people in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, Lord. We bless them. You're going to write a book. We bless them in Jesus' name. Creative book, creative book, creative book in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you, God, for that. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we bless every equipping evangelist that feels called to equip the body of Christ. In Jesus' holy name, we bless them. We bless them. We bless them in Jesus' holy name. Amen. So tonight, I've got a lot of things that that are on my heart to be able to share with you. And I'm going to share some testimonies. And um, I'm going to teach, and then I'm going to preach. I'm going to go back and forth. I want you to turn to your Bibles to Isaiah 58. Isaiah 58. Sunday morning, I preached about praying for Bob. And Bob represents a burden and compassion. It represents opportunities to be seen. And it represents a It represents boldness to preach the gospel. I want to share some stories with you. When I was around 21 years old, I was um, 21, 22 years old. I was a second year student at BSSM in Redding, California. I moved from St. Louis, Missouri to go to the school. And, um, And I was staying in this house that that was owned by the church. And it was a drug rehab house where we would help people that was getting clean. And as a second year school of ministry student, I was uh, having the opportunity to be able to pour into people and, uh, and to be able to disciple them. And one night I have this dream. And in the dream, the Lord speaks to me, Isaiah 58. And he says to me in the dream, as I woke up, I want you to take as many people as you can off the street, and I want you to bring them into your house. And Isaiah 58 began to roll out like a scroll. I want to read Isaiah 58, and I want to tell you you the heart of the Lord for people. 
and it says this in verse six, is this not the fast that I have chosen to loose the bonds of the wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break your yoke? Every yoke. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out? And when you see the naked, you cover him and not hide yourself from your own flesh. Then your light shall break forth like the morning and your healing shall spring forth speedily and your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. And then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger and the speaking of wickedness, if you extend your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, then your light shall dawn in the darkness and in your darkness shall be it be as noonday. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your soul in drought and strengthen your bones. You should be like a water's garden and like a spring of waters whose waters do not fail. Those from among you shall build old waste places and you shall raise up foundations of many generations. And you shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of the streets to dwell in. And it goes on. And then the Lord spoke to me and he said, Chris, I want you to be able to bring as many people as you can off the streets on Thanksgiving and I want you to feed them. I was 22 years old and my response was this, Lord, I have no money. And this is what the Lord said to me. He said, I didn't ask you if you had money. I ask you to take as many people off the street and bring them to your house and feed them. He said, you share the vision and watch what I will do. So I begin to share the vision with other students. And as I begin to share the vision, it was a student-led movement. And we had so much money that began to come in and God began to bless it. That year we had 105 people come to my house, 105 people. And we, we, we developed these flyers that we, we, uh, we wrote with Sharpies. It wasn't, it wasn't nice looking. I mean, we just Sharpie, be here at this time and we'll pick you up. And then we had people, it was all student-led, and, and people would just pick up individuals all through the day. 105 people showed up. Let me tell you a little bit of what happened prior to that. I had $5 left to my name. And I'm getting ready to go into a gas station. This was, this was a few months prior. I'm getting ready to go into a gas station and the Spirit of the Lord speaks to me and he says, I give away your last five dollars to that man in the car. I said, Lord, I can't do that. I said, Lord, he's going to spend it on drugs or he's going to spend it on alcohol. I said, I can't do that. Plus, I need it. It's, it's still warm outside. I need some deodorant. I only got five dollars left. He says, give it away. I said, Lord, I don't want to. He says, give it away. So I said, fine, I'll do it. And I go up to the car window and I knock on the window. And I say, excuse me, sir. 
I want to tell you that Jesus loves you. And um, he wanted me to give you these last $5 of mine. He looked at me as he was counting his change. And he got emotional. And he said this, you have no idea how much this means to me. You have no idea how much this has impacted my life. You see, I was just counting change to see if I have enough milk for my babies. I had no idea I was going to be able to provide for my babies. I want to say thank you so very much. I walked away and the Lord spoke to me because I wanted to go to Topeka, Mexico on a missions trip. And he said, Chris, that just paid your way to Topeka, Mexico. Come on, you can give the Lord a hand clap. Shortly after that, it was about two months later, we had 105 people come into my house. And I said, so what do I do now? And he said, this is your congregation. You are their pastor. He says, I want you to start a house gathering. I said, well, what do I do? He says, love them. And so I began to be the pastor of the street where I would just begin to interact with people on the street and build relationship with them. And I invited them into my house and we did five things. God gave me five things to do on a weekly basis. And I called it the five W's. He gave it to me by my spirit man. My spirit man received these. And the first thing that he told me to do was to welcome people around food. That was the book of Acts. Welcome people around food. We spent 45 minutes around the table, 45 minutes to an hour, just listening to each other's stories. And then after that, he says, worship. Worship. And then after worship, we spent time in worship. We, we went into works or the word. We went into the word where we teach the word of God. And then after teaching the word of God, we do the works of Jesus Christ. If someone needed healing, if someone needed deliverance, here I am, a young guy. I don't even know what I'm doing, but God knows what he's doing. And the last thing that we would do is witness. So some of my leaders at the time was a guy that just got cleaned off of meth. How did I meet him? I'm driving to Juvenile Hall because I was the chaplain at the time. And as I'm driving to Juvenile Hall, the Spirit of the Lord speaks to me. I want to I impart to you quick obedience tonight. I want to impart to you tonight that whatever the Spirit of the Lord says, quickly obey, because inside obedience is someone else's breakthrough as well. So the Spirit of the Lord speaks to me to turn around and go to Safeway because there's someone that wants me to minister to. So I turn around and go to Safeway, and here's this guy. His name is Eric. Didn't know his name at the time, but here's this guy named Eric. And he weighs about 105 pounds. He's just getting off math. And I begin to share the gospel with him, and I invite him to go to church, and, and, um, and Eric gets radically transformed. He becomes one of my leaders and the home gathering. And the Spirit of the Lord just begins to move and touch people's lives, and, and God began to show me so many different things. And, but how did it happen? Following one assignment through a dream, Isaiah 58. I believe that God's going to give many of you guys assignments in the dream. I believe that God's going to speak to you about your neighbors. I believe that God's going to give you words and knowledge about your neighbors. I believe that the scroll is going to be dropped down from heaven over your life to say, I want you to go talk to that person. I want you to go to that neighborhood. I want you to knock on door five. Go to door five, knock on the apartment number five, and watch what I'm getting ready to do. 
One particular morning, the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me is because one of the things that I love to do is I love mentoring people and just fathering different young men to be able to see them get activated in the supernatural and the power of God. And so on this one particular morning, God's begin to speak to me about taking the group of guys that I'm mentoring to this one particular neighborhood that I haven't been to. And I just felt in my spirit, it was like 20 minutes away, go to this area, God's going to show up. Behind the scenes, it was three months prior. There was a young man that I spent time with, and this young man was so afraid to be able to step out and share the gospel. He was so afraid he had an excuse every single week. You know, we had outreaches, and, you know, we had assigned outreaches, and somehow he always had an excuse why it wasn't important, why it wasn't his calling. And finally, he got tired of excuses. He got tired of saying, this isn't for me anymore. He got tired of all the excuses. And he says, I'm going to overcome fear. I'm telling you right now, there are people tonight that is going to overcome fear. I'm telling you tonight, the spirit of God is going to set people ablaze. And God's going to come on people. And he's going to give people boldness to overcome. He made a decision. I'm going to share the gospel every single day with someone this summer. So that summer, he began to get some people and, and they began to ask the Lord, what do you want to do? And he, he wrote down on a piece of paper something that would just highlight it to him. And as he's driving in his car, he notices the person in front of him on their bumper sticker has something that's kind of like on his list that he was praying about. So he gets out of his car at the stoplight. He comes over to the driver of the car right in front of him and says, I know this sounds really crazy, but um, I was praying and the Lord showed me this thing and it's on your bumper sticker. Is there anything that I could be praying for you about? This is what they said. Our friend is in a coma right now. And our friend is at this hospital. And he said, well, can I get the phone number of how I can contact? I want to pray. They give the phone number of the father. He calls the father the next day, takes someone with him. They go in and pray for this woman that's in a coma. He leaves. Two and a half, three months later, he's in the neighborhood with me. And as he's walking around this neighborhood that we've never been before, I walked by this gentleman and I said, excuse me, the Lord spoke to me about this neighborhood. God wants to do something here. Is there anything I can be praying for you about? And he says, no, no, thank you. And then my friend Jason walks by. And he says, who's that man? Oh my gosh, that's him. He was the one that came to the hospital and prayed for my daughter when she was in a coma. He lost his phone number. As soon as Jason left, shortly later, she came up out of the coma. She came up out of the coma.
And I, I, I want to encourage you because there's a difference between a healing and a miracle. Jason could have walked away and said, well, no, God didn't do anything. But Jason laid his hands on her in faith and God was doing things behind the scenes. He said, he said, he said, would you guys please just wait here right now? She just lives right around the corner and, and I want to call her. She's got to be able to meet you. She comes over. She's in a wheelchair, in a power wheelchair. And the father says, honey, meet the man that prayed for you when you were in a coma. Meet the man. And she starts weeping and crying. I mean, she's weeping and crying under the presence of God. And Jason begins to weep and cry. I begin to weep and cry. The father begins to weep and cry. I mean, there was no, there was no dry eyes there, all tears. Jason gives her a big hug. And we begin to pray for her that she would be healed, that she would come up out of the wheelchair again. There's a difference between a miracle and a healing. And I want to see miracles instantaneous, but I know that God works behind the scenes when we don't see anything. We lay hands on her, pray for her. Trust that the Lord is doing something even when we're not there. About eight months later, I'm in a different part of the neighborhood that I feel that the Lord lead me to, and we're ministering to people. And the next thing I know, this, this, um, this young woman is looking at me, and she's trying to keep making eye contact with me. And I said, excuse me, do I know you? And she says, you don't remember me? I said, I'm so sorry. I meet a lot of people. I don't remember you. She said, I was the one that was in the coma. I was one in the wheelchair. Look at me now. That's the power of the gospel. I, I want to say this because I want to impart something tonight. I believe that neighborhoods are still relevant to the heart of God. I believe that door-to-door -door evangelism is still relevant to the heart of God. And so many times in the churches, we say, no, that's, that's, not, that's not for today anymore. I want to I say it is because the Mormons are doing it. The Jehovah's Witnesses are doing it. The cults are doing it. I believe that God's going to stir up love and compassion for neighborhoods. And that he's going to send us. And God's going to send some of you tonight. God is going to fall on some of you where there is going to be a burden that comes in your heart. says, I want to reach communities. I want to go door to door. I want to meet with neighbors. I want to invest in this community. We started meeting with these kids. We started a kids club. After these kids got saved, we started a kids club. And around 85, 90% of these kids, they don't have fathers in their life. And I'm realizing, I'm realizing the opportunity for fathers I believe that in the church, God is raising up fathers for the fatherless. Amen? Amen. I want to talk to you about another fatherless individual. This individual didn't look like a five-year-old or a 10-year-old. 
more look like a, a 37-year-old with tattoos covered through his whole body. The Lord said, I want you to go to this particular neighborhood and I want you to knock on this door. So I knock on the door and this gentleman comes to the door and he's covered in tattoos. And I begin to share with him and he doesn't want to hear anything that I have to say about Jesus. But I just say, hey, I'll be back next week. I want to say this. That God is raising up people right now. That when they face resistance. God raises up something inside of them that says, I'm going to be back. I'll be back. So I go back the next week. And within one week's time, God had softened his heart. I share the gospel with him. He gets radically born again. He shares with me. He gets baptized. He shares with me why he spent time in prison. He spent many years in prison. He shared with me on how he was devoted to the gang, the Mexican mafia. And how he was brainwashed as a young child. And he went to prison because he stabbed someone in the chest 13 times. And he began to open up. He began to share. And as he shared, he was, he was stepping into another level of freedom. As he shared, and he began to be transparent and honest and bringing things to the light. Yes, he was already saved. But he needed deliverance. He needed to bring things to the light. And he began to share that the one that he stabbed was his own son that was in the gang. Thirteen times in the chest. He says, I want to go and tell my son how sorry I am. I want to tell my son and I want to ask him for forgiveness. I'm changed in my heart, but I need to ask my son for forgiveness. And he talks to me and he shares this and, and we pray and he, and he goes. He talks to his son. His son's response was, Dad. As his father tells him, I was brainwashed. That wasn't me. That was something else doing this in me and through me. That was not me. I was brainwashed. And as he began to confess his sin and say, son, I am sorry. Please forgive me. His son wraps his arms around his father and says, dad, I forgive you. The gospel is a gospel that offers forgiveness and deliverance. Amen. It's the power of God. I want to share with you some core values tonight. Some core values that I think is going to be able to help you. And these core values are not just principles that we agree with, but these are values that help direct our life into fruitful, 
gospel conversations and seeing people's lives changed and transformed. I'm going to share with you some core values that I think is really going to be able to help you. And I want to submit to you tonight that each and every one of you is a soul winner for Jesus. Each and every one of you is a soul winner for Jesus. And you may say, no, Chris, that's not me. You got the wrong person. You see, you hear that person that's loud in the back. That's them. That's not me. No, you are. If you're a, if you're a stay-home mom, if you're a stay-home mom, I want to tell you, there's a lot of other stay-home moms, and there's a lot of mom networks of moms that do not know the Lord Jesus Christ. There's something about getting into where people are at. I believe that we are going to see a move of God in mom groups. There are all kinds of mom groups, and I, I believe that the Spirit of God's going to move on mom groups, and people are going to get saved, healed, and delivered in mom groups. Amen? So here, here are the here are the core values that I want to share with you, okay? A kingdom perspective. Eternal kingdom perspective. Eternal kingdom perspective. This core value is something that we can be adopted in our life by asking for it. Lord, give me this value. Give me a kingdom eternal perspective. We live in a generation right now that we don't want to talk about eternity. But the reality is heaven is real and hell is real as well. And anytime I feel it in my heart where I'm not thinking about eternity, I'm not thinking about heaven, I'm not thinking about hell. One of the things that I do is like, God, get my heart softer because I don't want to ever lose the eternal perspective of heaven and hell. Not just heaven, but hell as well. Here in the Northwest, there is a spirit of universalism. There's a spirit of universalism and humanism. And I believe that God is awakening the church to be able to think about eternity. Heaven's real, hell is real. The next core value that I want to be able to share with you, I believe is also a value that is so important that I talked about it yesterday, and that's compassion. God is imparting compassion to the body of Christ. He's, he's imparting it, but I believe that compassion is imparted in the secret place. I believe it's imparted in the secret place when no one else is around, where we feel his heart, and then we respond with his heart. It's love. Colossians 3, it says this, but above all these things put on love, which is the bond of perfection. The third core value is honor. Is honor for individuals. Could you say this? I'm a friend of sinners. Say I'm a friend of sinners. I'll honor even sinners. Say about honoring people right where they're at. You know, we, we started these nightclub ministries where we go into the nightclub and the Lord spoke to me and he put it in my heart. I want you to go into the nightclub. 
Now, we have some values around people going to the nightclub when we, when we started this. You can't be struggling with lust, and you can't be struggling with alcohol. If, if, uh, if alcohol is an issue in your life, this is not the thing for you. But we would go into the nightclubs, and what we would do is we would honor people right where they're at. We would treat the bouncers really well. We respect the bouncers. We respect every person that we were in there, but we would trust the presence of the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit would touch down and touch people's lives. And I remember when I first started going that people tried to warn me not going to dark places. And I understand the wisdom that they were trying to talk about. I understand that they were trying to convince me, don't do that because, you know, uh, you know something could happen. But I could feel the heart of God. I felt compassion to go into the nightclubs and take people into the nightclub. So we begin to develop these teams and we go into the nightclub. And, and uh, one of the, my team leaders, her, her name was Anne, and she was around 62 years old. And let me just say this for the 62 year olds that feel like your life is over and that God has passed you by. Listen, it is not true. There is still time for you. God wants to use you in powerful, powerful ways. This is not time for retirement. This is time for refirement. I took a I, I took a lady that was 85 some years old, 85 years old, to Mexico with me on a missions trip. And so one of my leaders, she she uh, she said, "I'm afraid to go." I said, "Are you sure?" I said, Ann, what we're going to do is I'm going to have you be like my mom. I'm going to tell people you're like my mom. And I'm going to invite people to sit down in a chair and you're going to pray for them. And she looks at me and is like, what? I said, Ann, you hear God in the church, right? She says, yes. I said, Ann, there's no difference between hearing God in the church and hearing God in the nightclub. All the difference is a religion mindset. We think it's easier. And I said to Ann, I said, Ann, there's no difference. If you can hear God in the church, you can hear God in the nightclub. So Ann prays about it, and she starts going to the nightclub. And um, I want to share just maybe a testimony or so inside the nightclub, okay? How many people have heard of Soul Train? You guys have heard of Soul Train back in the day, okay? All right, well, Soul Train, they would do like this dancing in, in the, you know, in the, the Soul Train. They would, they would dance through like a tunnel, and they would cheer for each other. Well, our team, what they decided to do was to warm up in the nightclub by dancing and praying for each other. So the music is pounding. The just music is pounding. And so they're dancing. They're going through the tunnel. And they're just dancing and praising Jesus through the tunnel. And different ones around us like, what is going on? This is like Soul Train. So they start going through, you know, the tunnel. And our team is laying hands on them. And as they're laying hands on them, they're praying, fire, 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 fire. One young girl, she goes through and she says this. She says, what are you drinking tonight? To one of the other leaders. And she said, I'm not drinking anything. She says, what are you on? She says, I'm not on anything. And she says, what are you doing? She says, I love Jesus. And she says, you love Jesus. What are you doing here? She said, we came for you.
We honor you. And that's the heart of God. The greatest expression of God's honor towards you and I was sending his son, Jesus Christ. The next core value that I want to share is spirit-led obedience. Spirit-led obedience. Whatever the Lord asks you to do, just do it. Because in obedience, the Lord is setting you up not only to grow, but to impact other people's lives. You know, there are people that are 30, 40, 50, 60 years old in the Lord. But because they never learned about obeying God, they're still like three months old in the Lord. There's something about recognizing, God, what are you saying? How can I obey you? The next core value that I want to share with you is the core value of hearing and seeing for prophetic evangelism. I believe that God wants to train each and every one of us in prophetic evangelism. I want you to write this down. Revelation, interpretation, and application. Revelation, interpretation, and application. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it talks about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And in 1 Corinthians 12, it talks about the gift of prophecy. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it talks about if we can do all these things, but if we don't have love, it's like a clanging symbol. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1, it says, pursue love, but desire spiritual gifts, especially that may prophesy. And when we look at prophetic ministry, prophetic evangelism, what you'll see in the operation of prophetic evangelism is you'll see the word of wisdom, discerning of spirits, prophetic words, and the word of knowledge. And those four often are released together, and, and those four release faith in the atmosphere. And I believe that God wants to train every one of us to have listening ears what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. I want you to turn to your Bibles to Mark chapter 4 right now. Mark chapter 4. And how many people have, have uh, heard about algorithms? Algorithms. Do you guys know about algorithms? So algorithms, if you, if you search for something online and you search for it, that begins to show up on your feed, whether it is on your social media or wherever it is. And now there's also algorithms by your conversation. So you could just be talking about something and the next thing you know on your Facebook or something like that, it can show ads. So there's algorithms. In the spirit realm, there's algorithms. So if you're listening to fear all the time, what happens is those algorithms began to release fear, 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 fear. Fear, fear, can't, 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 can't. It's showing up on your screen all the time. If you listen to fear, 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 algorithms begin to set in. That's what it says. This is what this person is attracted to. They're attracted to fear. Shows up on the screen. But when we hear the word of the Lord 
and we value the word of the Lord and we honor the word of the Lord, it begins to create an algorithm in the spirit of hearing the voice of the Lord. And the next thing you know, those thoughts that we have, that is the word of the Lord. And you think it's your thought, but it's actually a word of knowledge that's coming through. God is speaking to you and he's declaring things, things to you and for people around you. I want you to look at this verse in, uh, in Mark chapter 4. Verse 21, it says this, is a lamp brought to be put under a basket or under a bed? Is it not to be set on a lampstand? For there is nothing hidden which will not be revealed, nor is anything been kept secret, but that it should become to light. Verse 23, if anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Say, let him hear. hear. We're created to hear. It's in our DNA to hear the voice of God. No one that came to the Lord cannot hear the voice of God. We all are called to hear the voice of the Lord. So every one of us are designed to hear the voice of the Lord. It goes on in verse 24 and says, Then he said to them, Take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. Do you see do you see this recognizing and hearing the voice of the Lord and acknowledging it and valuing it actually attracts more for whoever has to him more will be given but whoever does not have even what he has will be taken away from him there are many people that have heard the word of the Lord and they said I remember when God used to speak to me that way I remember when God spoke to me many years ago. I'm just not being used that way anymore. What happened is they forgot to value the word of the Lord. They forgot to value it and take heed to it and apply it. But here's the good news. But with repentance, Repentance says, Lord, I'm sorry. Restore the innocence in my heart. I want to hear your word and I want to quickly obey whatever you're telling me to do, God. I want to quickly obey your word. So I, I'm at this, um, I'm at Bethel Church. It's one, it's one morning. It's around um, 7 a.m. in the morning and I'm at the parking lot and I'm praying. And as I'm praying, the spirit of the Lord begins to speak to me about a particular street in Redding, California. And he said, I want you to go here. And, and I had a busy day that day. I had a lot of meetings, and so I totally forgot about it. And while I, uh, while I, was in, uh, while I had a break, I, I told my friend Steve and Gerald, who you saw on that, that testimony film yesterday, I said, guys, I totally forgot. The Lord spoke to me earlier today at 7 a.m. when I was praying about this particular street. And I said, we got to go right now to this particular street. So we go to this particular street and we're driving around. Holy Spirit, what is highlighted to you? What, is, what, what are you showing? What are you showing us? And all of a sudden there's apartment complex. And we drive around, we go to this apartment complex, and there's a woman outside by this apartment complex. And we get out of the car. This is what I said to her. I said, excuse me. God sent us here today. He loves you and has a plan for your life. The moment I said that, she started weeping and crying. 
She bent over, weeping, crying over her car. And the Spirit of the Lord came and, and began to minister to her. And, and she began to get touched by the power of God. There was a word about her daughter. And she just began to get just touched by the power of God. Here's the story. She'd been out of work for three weeks. She got sick. Her car broke down. She had no resources to be able to get her car fixed. The night prior, she was saying, God, help me. Help me. At 7 a.m. that same morning, she cried out again and she said, God, please send help. Please send help. The word of the Lord came to me at 7 a.m. that morning. I said, well, the Lord has sent us here to be able to help you. And so we were able to get her car to the shop. And as her car was being towed away into a shop, her neighbor dropped down on her knees because her neighbor's a Christian and was praying for her the night prior as well. And she lifted her hands up, praising the Lord Jesus Christ. She's written a book about it. One of the things that we love to do on the side is I love to help people write books. And so she's written a book about this. And she it's a miracle. Uh, it's a miracle story what took place. And she just published it recently on a miracle on Sonoma Street. You can look it up on Google right now, on Amazon. Miracle on Sonoma Street. That is the title to her book, Miracle on Sonoma Street. She talks about the miracle and how God spoke to somebody and sent her to her apartment complex. And, and she began to share this story with atheist friends. And she said her friends that were atheists was so shocked. They said, now I believe that there is a God. Now they haven't changed their heart yet to say, I want to follow Jesus. But they said, now I believe that there is a God. Check it out on Amazon. Miracle on Sonoma Street. I'm going to share one more core value, and that's faith in the power of the gospel. Turn to your Bibles to Romans 1.16. And I may share maybe one more testimony. It's it's getting late. I noticed that. You give me a microphone, I could, I could preach for hours. Praise God. Someone said one time to me, Brother Chris, take your freedom. Just go as long as you want. I said, you don't want to say that to me. We have a service like we're in Africa. Preaching for four, four hours. One sixteen. One sixteen. It says, "For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ." Stop there. It says Christ. It doesn't just say the gospel, but the gospel of Christ, because Christ is the anointed one. So Paul says, "For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first, then also for the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, just as it is written, the just shall live by faith. I believe that every one of us are called to go to another level of faith. 
Meaning that where we were at last year, by the end of this year, we need to have a greater level of faith. Amen? We need to go from faith to faith. Now, I want to share one more verse. I, I said that was the last one, but would you give me grace? How many of you will you give me about another uh, 15 minutes or so? Will you give me another 15 minutes? Okay. Keep your hands up right now. All right. 15.30. All right. 45. All right. Great. I got more time, man. I only called on just a few of you. Praise God. I got more time. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Give me another 45 minutes. Thank you, Lord. I just feel like I'm getting started. All right. I want you, I want you to... Um, I said Mark, but I, I meant Matthew chapter 6. Matthew 6. I, I'm going to share something, and then um, what I'm going to share has to do with evangelism. Um, but it also has to do with mammon. It got really quiet. No one can serve, verse 24, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he'll be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat, what you'll drink, nor about your body, what you'll put on. Is not life more than food? And your body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air, for they neither they neither sow nor reap nor gather into the into the barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? Let's just stop there really quickly. Um, the Lord's healing people of dyslexia. If you, if you have dyslexia that's been a label over your life, um, I want you to stand to your feet right now. I believe the Lord's healing people. Okay, I believe the Lord's healing. Put your hand on your head. I was healed of dyslexia in 2009. 2009, I was healed of dyslexia. Someone laid hands on me. And, uh, and as they laid hands on me, I saw things moving around in my brain. And, uh, and right after that, the next day, I flew back um, to, to Redding, California. And, uh, and I've been reading ever since. And uh, after that, I wrote my first book called A Practical Guide to Evangelism Supernaturally. I've written eight books right now. Some are for sale. Some aren't for sale because I believe that some of the messages, just like Paul, when he wrote to Timothy, some of them are personal letters to people. But I believe that God is right now is healing people of dyslexia and, and stigmas that have been put over people. And uh, so Lord, right now, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, you're doing something right here, Lord. And I thank you, God, for what you're doing, God. The creativity of the Holy Spirit be upon you right now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. He's doing something right now in you. In the mighty name of Jesus. I don't know if you feel that, but something's happening right now. There's something's happening. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name. You're going to write a book for your kids. There's something about your kids. You're going to write a book for your kids in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we bless her. We bless her. We bless her. Everyone here that's had that, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we bless them right now. Let the power of God come upon them in the mighty name of Jesus. Bless them, bless them, bless them, bless them, bless them. Read, comprehend in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We bless you. We bless bless you. We bless you in Jesus' holy name. We bless you in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. 
So it says in verse 26, it says, look at the birds of the ear for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into your barns, yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not more value than they? Here's the deal. The spirit of mammon is not just about money. It comes to attack your value. It comes to attack your value. When the spirit of mammon is influencing people's lives, they're always worrying. There's always worry in their life. I felt it as, as Mitchell and I were driving here, you know, there was a pastor that, that he called me from St. Louis, Missouri, and he began to ask me some questions about deliverance, and he talked about some things, and I, and I said, but you know what? As I began to share with him, I said, the spirit of mammon is running rampant in people's lives in churches across America right now. And I began to describe what the spirit of mammon does and how it makes people feel less, how it clouds their vision, how they don't have a, yes, we can do this. Yes, we can go forward in faith. But they, they, they have double vision. They, they, they always second guessing, is God calling me to do this? Is not God calling me to do this? There's a double vision. It's like, is this the will of the Lord? Is it not the will of the Lord? It's always questioning, questioning, questioning. And it's the influence of mammon and how I can say this is because in 2019 I was under that spirit I didn't know I was under that spirit but the Lord spoke to me that I was under the spirit and I was worrying I was worrying about finances I was worrying and on December 20 and on December 7th the Lord came to me and he became to me like a father that apprehended me and rebuked me with love and compassion and said you're allowing this to in your life you're allowing this to influence your vision and what I'm calling you to do and I was holding back holding back holding back I'm telling you some people are going to get free tonight of this I was holding back and I was I was playing it safe a little bit I I wasn't out in the deep now, some people can look at me and say, well, he's out in the deep. You know, look what, the, look what they're doing. They're out in the deep. But I knew deep down inside there was something that was trying to hold me back. It was mammon. Now, listen, I was still tithing. I was still giving. But that spirit, that spirit was trying to entertain Lies of can't, 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 never going to have, never going to have enough, never going to have enough. And I would shriek back in fear. And the Lord spoke to me. And I began to repent. And I began to repent for 30 minutes. For 30 minutes. And then right after repentance, someone texts me. And they said, Chris, I don't know what's going on with you, but I felt the Lord just speak to me to send you some money. The reason why I feel like I'm supposed to share this tonight, because the spirit of mammon doesn't, doesn't just influence finances. It influences vision. It influences value. And this has to do with evangelism, too. This has to do with like when the spirit of mammon is on someone's life, they don't, they don't feel like I can do this. I can step out. I can believe God for big things. Three things that I want to give you. And you can write these down. Believe God for big things. 
I believe that for your household. I believe that for, for you as an individual, God wants you to believe him for big things. The second thing is pray big God prayers. And the third thing is this. If God's calling you to do something, plan like you believe. Plan like you believe. The Lord spoke to me and, he, and, and, he, and I began to repent. And then, and then that person texted me and they said, they said, I don't know what's going on with you, but I feel like I'm just supposed to sow into you right now. Oh, I know what happened. I broke up with that spirit. I, I, I broke up with that spirit that was trying to control me that I didn't even know that I was under at the time. And in 2020, the Lord began to speak to me about dreaming bigger. See, see, when you come out under the, the spirit of that control, what happens is your vision gets big and you begin to see big things. I believe in the body of Christ right now. This is the time to dream big dreams. This is the time to pray big prayers. And this is the time to plan like we believe. We can't be a people that says, well, Lord, if it be your will. It is his will to save, heal, and deliver. And I believe that God wants to touch America. It is his will for America to be reached. It is his will for nations to be reached. And what happens when, when people are under that spirit, they shrink back. They shrink back and they're like, well, they're questioning the will of God. They're questioning the will of God. But the will of God is right here. It's found right here. And, and, and the word of the Lord keeps going on in verse 20. It says this, this, this. It says this. Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to its stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field and how they grow and they neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O little faith? Therefore do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, but your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things sufficient for the day is in its own trouble. And I believe that God wants to release. Just like he did for my friend, he's weeping and crying over the phone. It's a pastor that had cloudy vision in St. Louis, Missouri. It's cloudy vision, the spirit of mammon. He says, I've been worrying, I've been worrying, I've been worrying, and I've been worrying. And I said, that's mammon. And I, I believe that some people here tonight, there are things that God has called you to do, but you are second-guessing it. And you're in the back of your mind, and says, well, what if it doesn't happen? And it's been clouding your vision. And I believe that tonight that God wants to help people. That God has a plan for your family. That God has a plan for your neighborhood. God has a plan for you as an individual. And God has a plan for this nation. And God wants to raise up a people that will believe God for massive big things. The spirit of the living God lives inside of each and every one of us. 
The Spirit of God wants to surprise us. He wants to do some amazing things upon our lives. God's doing something in you right now. I don't understand, but the Spirit of the Lord is touching you. Lord, I just bless her right now, God. I thank you, God. I thank you, Jesus. I bless her, God. I bless her, Lord. I bless her, God. I bless her, God. I bless her, God. I just bless her, Lord. Spirit of the Lord, I bless her. I bless her, God. I bless her in Jesus' name. I bless her. I bless her. I bless her. I bless her. I bless her in Jesus' holy name. I bless her. I bless her. I bless her. I bless her, God, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you know you've been under the influence of mammon, stand to your feet right now. It's been clouding your vision. Stand to your feet right now. God's going to do something. Mammon always thinks about lack. It, 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 it always has this worry. And it comes against your vision as an individual. And what God has called you to do. I want you to lift your hands to the Lord. I want you to say this, Lord Jesus, I repent for allowing the spirit of mammon to influence my thoughts. In the name of Jesus, I break every agreement that I've had with the spirit of mammon. And I shut the door. Thank you, Jesus. For the plan that you have for me. Thank you that as I seek first the kingdom of God. And your righteousness. All these things will be added unto me. God, I will dream big dreams. I will pray big prayers. And I will plan with you. Like I believe. Something's happening right now. I can feel it. There are kingdom businesses that are going to be released here. God is going to do something. He is releasing Isaiah 26 verse 3. He will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon him because he trusts in him. So Father, right now, Lord, I bless them in Jesus' name. God, I bless them right now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I bless them. I bless them in Jesus' name. I bless them in Jesus' name. I bless them in Jesus' name. Let the spirit of faith, Lord, your faith just come upon them right now, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing right now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, Lord. We bless them, God. We bless them, Lord. God, I pray that you would speak to every one of them about their value, God, that you love them, you value them, God, that your hand is upon them, 
you have anointed them for this time, Lord. God, we pray for that in Jesus' name. God, I pray that you would crush any small thinking right now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, God. Thank you, God, for what you're doing. Thank you, God, for what you're doing. Spirit of the Lord, come upon them, Lord. Spirit of the Lord, this woman right here in the very back. This one, yeah, just lift your hands to the Lord. God's upon you. This woman in the very back, yeah, yeah. The, no, no, the, the one, yeah, right there. Yep, this one. Yep, the one that's got a bun that you just turned around. Yeah, just, Father, I just thank you so much for what you're doing in her life, God. God, that there is a preaching anointing that is going to come upon this woman's life, Lord. There is a declaration of preaching anointing to declare the word of the Lord. Father, I thank you, God, for what you're doing, God. We pray blessing, blessing, blessing in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, God, for what you're doing. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Here's the deal. Spirit of mammon manifests this way. It manifests when you have all the money in the bank, when you have so much that your prayer life begins to dwindle down because you put faith in what you have in the bank account instead of what you have with Jesus Christ. The spirit of mammon also worries when you don't see anything, you're in constant worry. It worries you. It worries you. And it bogs down your vision. I'm praying by the power of the Holy Spirit that you would see through faith. Faith sees from heaven's perspective. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that faith would infuse your soul in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I bless them right now. Lord, I bless them right now. Some of you just felt weight just come off your shoulders. If you just felt weight just come off your shoulders, just wave your hands right now. You just felt that weight just come off of your shoulders. Thank you, God, for what you're doing. Thank you, God. I want to pray for property. I want to pray for property. I want to pray for release of property. Everything that we have at CTA is because God has blessed us. Everything. It's not my gifting. It's not my talents. It's God. God has blessed us. It's because God, it's because of God, it's because of God. And I'm saying it's because of God in your life that he wants to touch your life. He wants to surprise you. He wants to do something incredible through you. Father, I pray right now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, God. I pray for property here. I pray for multiple properties in the mighty name of Jesus. Multiple, 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 multiple properties in Jesus' name. There's someone here that God has been speaking to you about a co-op. He's been speaking to you about a co-op. I don't know who that person is. Wave your hand right now about a co-op. There's something about children with co-op. Let me see your hands right now about a co-op. Something about a co-op. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, God, we bless God the dreams that are inside of her, God. God, I pray for strategic relationships to be formed, God, for co-op in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We bless, we bless, we bless. We bless in Jesus' holy name. We bless in Jesus' name. God, I pray a blessing over this house, God, this ministry, God, that it's going to expand, God. It's going to do Isaiah 54, that there is an expansion upon this ministry and upon this house in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I feel like the Lord is saying, that is so important for you to begin to dream, begin to dream with them of what the Lord wants to do in this season. Father, I thank you for what you're doing, and we pray a blessing in Jesus' holy name. A blessing in Jesus' holy name. A blessing in Jesus' holy name. We bless you.
we bless you. I love you guys. I honor you guys. And I'm not going to go another 30, 40 minutes. <laughs> I love you guys. Thank you so much for watching. I hope you were blessed and encouraged. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel for more amazing content.